You're listening to Always Building. All right, guys, welcome to the Always Building podcast. Uh, we are here with Martin Aidy, um, the head honcho here from Leadosaurus, uh, based out of Vancouver. He's doing sales development as a service. Um, you know, reaching out, doing that, doing that lead generation, that top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel uh, stuff that we, that we all love to talk about so much. And so I'm really happy to kind of bring uh, Martin in here. He's a very intelligent guy running a, a successful agency. So super stoked to just pick your brain, Martin, and, and kind of jump into it. Thanks, man. I, uh, I appreciate the invitation. So let's start by just jumping into your uh, your your personal journey, kind of where you come from, uh, how you started in all this stuff, how you kind of got to where you're at now, and a little later we can focus a little bit more on the future and kind of what what's next. But uh, but right now I'd love to hear just the your story and sort of how you got involved in all this uh, all this nonsense. Yeah, it is nonsense. Um, I <laughs> fell into it just like everybody else, pretty well in our industry. Um, I uh, I had my first company probably five or six years ago in the commercial lighting space. Uh, I finished school out in Victoria, BC. And then I moved back to Winnipeg where I was born and raised and mm -hmm. bought half of a, uh, a lighting startup that was doing like commercial LED. You know, we do the rebates, we sell these energy sort of energy retrofit projects. Mm -hmm. And that grew really fast. Uh, we went from, you know, zero to 10 employees in eight months or so. We broke the, you know, the, the million dollars in revenue in a year and a half or so. And like any rocket ship, it was kind of destined to fall apart uh, on re-entry. So that one actually, uh, that one ended maybe a, a year or so after, uh, after we saw the first sort of bit of success and very efficiently transferred all of the value we had created to lawyers and accountants, as you often do when you fail to sign your partnership agreement. And, you know, you're just two guys having a good time. Um, Damn. so yeah, we, we, we lit a huge pile of money on fire, but had a, uh, had, had, you know, uh, a huge box of wholesale lessons that come along with it. And then after that, I started a second, uh, company in the same industry and I still have that. I actually just brought an operator in, which allowed me to focus on Lidosaurus, which is kind of what I'm much more interested in. Um, awesome. and the, the company was just born in like a, yeah, one of the classic scratch your own itch sort of scenarios where like I had been doing, you know, lead gen and outreach for myself as a salesperson for 10 years, you know, and doing cold email and, you know, experimenting with multi-channel stuff. And a lot of the tools weren't there yet. You know, you're trying to figure it out and you see how fast you can break Google, uh, <laughs> which is fast. turns out yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, fast. and faster <laughs> now, much faster now. Um, and then, uh, and then, so we just found ourselves in this lighting company in the situation where, you know, like every salesperson's dream is to have a calendar full of meetings. And it finally got to a point where I was just like so sick of the meetings. And then uh, I'm a member of this group called EO, Entrepreneurs Organization, uh, which is a, a great group. If, uh, if, if anybody has an interest in finding a peer network of, of other founders and entrepreneurs, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's been really good for me. Um, we can chat about that more after if you'd like, but uh, a friend from EO, just said, you know, hey, dude, would you set up this prospecting system for me? And he had a pretty significant AV business. Uh, and we set it up and it, it kind of worked. And then he said, you know, uh, people would pay money for this. Uh, he didn't, of course, but uh, but he said people would. <laughs> and then that's kind of how, how Leadosaurus was born. So we just, during COVID, we had, you know, no lighting sales for nine months or so. 
Uh, so times were, weren't, weren't particularly grand in that industry. So we just spun off uh, a marketing startup, uh, kind of had the idea almost a year ago and then, you know, incorporated in May and did some sales before that, just under, under the other corp to, you know, mm -hmm. kind of prove the concept. Turns out, you know, it's a, it's a very proven concept and <laughs> there are thousands and thousands and thousands of these agencies doing this. Yep. Uh, and they're all very generous with sharing ideas and, and help. Like uh, the, the community of founders in the agency space uh, has just surprised me with how, you know, how, how open and, and willing everyone is to share what they're doing, yourself included, man. You know, I really yeah. appreciate all the insights you've, you've shared with me as we, you know, we closed our first really big deal, I remember, and I didn't really know what the, what the hell to do with it. So I, I called you up and you, uh, you know, you, you helped me figure out a couple of different ways to, to slice it and it's going great. So awesome. Uh, thanks awesome. for that. Right. Glad to hear that. No, you're quite welcome, man. And yeah, no, I definitely, uh, that's so awesome that you mentioned that because I think that's something, um, something we all take for granted because a lot of us, uh, ma many of us anyway, kind of ended up in the agency space just kind of through, uh, I don't know, kind of, kind of that bootstrapping mentality of just kind of, I know you're on that as well, you know, totally. just kind of like coming up with an idea, validating it, slamming, just, you know, sometimes having to pay the rent, sometimes wanting to scale up and, 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 and just, you know, uh, feed feed employees and have you know they're having kids and all this kind of fun stuff you know just that whole evolution of the agency thing but yeah i agree with you man there are a lot of really cool agency owner you know kind of people out there that are just you know they've helped me a lot in the past too man and just been like a really you know so so much good mentors out there in that in that kind of space and um and the business model is so great so yeah i'm, I'm really yeah, glad you man. mentioned that i'd encourage anybody listening you know if you're just starting out or in the first year first couple years yeah um, you know to just like i just you like you guys do cold email so you you should know how to get a hold of these people you'd like to, to you'd like to meet. sure um, sure right? but i've been i've been shocked at how 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 willingly people have shared you know what they do and and it's helped a shitload because trying to figure this stuff all out like trying to learn the whole business at the, at the same time you know this is my third crack at at us startup and mm -hmm. i'm finally starting to realize that like you don't have to learn everything all at once you know so and that's so that's so that, yeah no you've touched on a lot of really cool points so far too and i want to i definitely want to zoom into a couple of them uh to kick this off because it's a it's a it's an awesome story i love that you you come from i guess we can just sort of start here that i just love that you come from uh commercial uh you know kind of an industrial supply chain b2b um warehousing inventory um you know i think i already mentioned supply chain kind of business mm -hmm. where you have commercial led lighting you have um you have an offer which is a great offer and uh and and i'm only going to speak on this for a sec because i just i also have experience doing lead gen for commercial led companies myself and uh awesome offer always the rebates are you know there, there's these kind of you know uh what do they call money for jam or uh i, I you know there's a couple ways to say it but these kind of you know basically you know, giving you money back as an offer, right? That's not yeah, this, man. oh, I'm going to make you money. I'm going to, you know, save you time. It's really none of that. It's it's about giving you back an incentive for moving to like a better technology or a different technology, something that the kind of government is like subsidizing, wanting more of this out there. It's good for the world. It's good for people. Um, those kind of offers are just so awesome. And in B2B, in B2C, they're just blessed. They just, they, there's so many of those offers flying around, right? You have like every kind of, you know, in the insurance sector, you have that 
that in, you know, in, uh, in, in real estate, you have that in energy, you know, kind of like residential energy, you have that, but, uh, but with B2B, it's kind of a rare thing. So I'm, yeah, I'm curious if you can kind of dive into that a little bit. Cause I think a lot of people listening don't maybe don't even know what the hell we're talking about right now. So it'd be cool kind of to go into that first business and, um, sort of, yeah. What got you into that, that business specifically and kind of, um, you know, how, how did you, did you learn anything kind of about offers and about, um, yeah, what, what, what kind of did you pick up in the sales and the marketing aspect of it, uh, through that process? Yeah. Well, I think one, one reason I fell into the outbound agency space was because I have always been in B2B in some yeah. capacity, you know, whether it was in food and beverage, uh, you know, or, or uh, custom apparel was in that industry for a while. Uh, and, and lighting and the B2B space just lends itself so well to cold email, right? And cold email done well is a secret weapon. And you talk about the rebate thing. And I think that was a bit of a light bulb moment when I had done cold email, you know, probably 2012, 2011 for, uh, for a few years for, uh, as I was a salesperson for a really cool company called passion sports out of Victoria, BC. And uh, this is great. Like I, I, I really learned a lot there. I cut my teeth, but they, you know, that offer was different because it was just your, your traditional, you know, offer. We could do it faster or maybe cheaper or what have you. But then when we, you know, in, uh, sending up cold email with the lighting game, you talk about the rebate thing, like anytime, if anyone can think of that dummy offer, you know, like in our case, one, probably one of the best performing outbound things we did for our own company, like, like the classic 80 word email, you know, hey, notice your plant on blank street. It's like we're reaching out to manufacturers, you know, so notice your plant on blank street. Uh, we recently helped blank custom, blank company uh, get a rebate of, of, of 65,000 bucks. You know, think we might be able to do the same for you. Uh, interested? Bam. You know, nothing. And like, holy shit, you know, we ended up getting, I don't know, two, two sales out of it. And a couple of prospects but the, you know, those two sales alone would have been 150 K something yeah. like that, you know, yeah. which was just wild to think like, like we sent 60 emails in that, in that mini segment, you yes. know, yes. and, and, and it just, yeah, it's just crazy. So if, if, anytime you can think of a dummy offer and we're kind of doing that now, cause we're experimenting with cost per lead, you know, yep. probably a little more relevant to the people who, who are listening here. Yep. Um, and that dummy offering, right. <clears throat> yeah. If there's some sort of guarantee, people love a guarantee. You don't have to use the word guarantee, but you know, anytime you can make it just so easy to say yes to, right? Like we would say, Hey, we'll come out and do a lighting audit for free. And we'll tell yeah. you what, we'll tell you what rebate the government's going to give you. How much you can save. Yeah. Exactly. How much you, know? you get back. Right. Exactly. Right. How, yeah. We exactly. What you can save. like, how can they say no? So you're just going to come down and do it. Of course there, you know, the downside is that you get so many tire kickers who just, you know, want to take any meeting, but uh, you know, every uh, you get to pick your suffering, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, would you rather have the, the tire kickers and build some relationships with that, with, yeah, build some relationships with those guys that can end up going somewhere maybe later down the line and then also get some sales as, as opposed to, you know, turning away lots of people with kind of a rough, you know, soft ROI offer. Right. And, and, and not being able to kind of pull that in. So, no, that's that's brilliant, man. I love love the experience there. I think, you know, the cost for lead, everyone here will kind of uh, fair, you know, I, I'm sure some listeners here will be pretty familiar with that, but I, I love the, always love the rebate offer. And I want to mention too, that, you know, those companies, you know, and I want to get your opinion on this going into a company like that, uh, as a prospecting expert, as somebody that can take an offer like that and really 
drive sales with it uh, more than internal people, you got opportunities right there, right? You got you you just created an opportunity for yourself helping commercial LED companies connect with manufacturers that use a lot of energy, right? And a lot of light. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think I, one thing I would actually love to chat with you about, because here's, here's something that's top of mind for me and I'm struggling with it and I'd love to get your insight. And I, I imagine I'm not the only one trying to figure this problem out. Just like I wasn't the first person to start a lead gen agency. Uh, <laughs> sure. Um, niching, you know, niching, how narrow to start, when to go broad and, and like how to choose your niche. This just seems like such a debated topic. And there's no easy answer. And we all tread so fearfully around it because we're like, well, shit, if I pigeonhole myself, you know, to this little tiny thing, but sure. we hear so many stories where like, like that's all of a sudden you own the space and it's so easy. And right. not only then, then people also want to be the exception of the rule. Like, oh, we only work with venture back B2B SaaS companies. It's like, well, you can still take a coaching client. Cause they're like, well, shit, you're so good at that. We would love it. And then they feel good. I don't know. So you said that's it. my thought you, process. What's, what's your take on niching? You, you said it, man. Well, I, you know, I'll, I'll sort of pull from a couple different sources. So, I mean, this isn't all me inventing this obviously. And this is kind of, I have a mixture of my experiences and different areas at uh, times of my life. And then I've also got mentors who are, uh, serious uh, enterprise sales guys and, you know, dealing with like big, big deals and stuff. And so I get a lot of input from them as well. And I think my, my standpoint on it, it it's kind of different for, for everybody to some extent, except that when you're in the skill building phase and you're really trying to get an offer, like you're talking about something that you can do better than everybody else, uh, it can pay off to take any client. It can kind of pay to sort of just have as many experience. So in my own experience, I kind of worked with everybody under the sun. I've worked with commercial LED companies. I've worked with manufacturers. I've worked with tech companies. I've worked with startups. I've worked with mid-market. I've worked with commercial refrigeration companies with uh, you know offers like you're talking about with rebates. I'm, I've, I've worked with uh, solar B2C companies. I've worked with like, it, the, the list is insane, basically, the amount of niches. You know, I, I've worked with web designers helping them out, you know, agencies. Um, and so... In my in my experience, I think there, there's a couple of things you always want to know. And number one is is and this is kind of a, a weird counterintuitive thing, but is the industry growing itself? I think is the number one thing I like to look at is the actual industry growing because I've hit some limitations in the past with niching where I would niche down. Like I had manufacturers and logistics companies for a long time where that was kind of our sweet spot, and we were just yeah, it's just so easy. Like you're saying with the uh, commercial LED, it's the same thing. It's just so easy. You're in a supply chain. People need what you're offering. It's just a question of getting in touch with the right person. So it's kind of a numbers game. Yeah. We didn't use any personalization. There was no, you know, we were just slamming emails out and getting them clients. It was just no, and, and you know, RFPs and re requests for a proposal and, you know, OEMs versus distributors and strategic partnerships that they hadn't thought about and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? And kind of just doing that supply chain dance. And, but to my surprise, it was like the industry is not growing. You know, these, companies aren't popping up every day. There isn't like a new manufacturing uh, factory, exactly. you know, every fucking yeah, minute. Yeah, the average day. age of a manufacturer versus a tech startup, right? Exactly, exactly. Or, or an agency owner or, a, you know, or a, yeah, any any of that kind of stuff under the yeah, sun that so we're you, talking you, about you right now. You fall into a TAM problem pretty quick, right? Exactly. You kind of hit a point and it's not necessarily a TAM problem. Like you probably go out and find more people and, and when you have strong case studies, it's good, but 
Yeah, you're just going to kind of hit a limit at some point unless you're on a paper for performance basis, which is really tough to negotiate with those kinds of companies in my experience. They're not really they're not really into that like in in, in my in my personal experience. Um, you know, yeah, so you I you got to kind of think about that I guess before like you should have qualifications for the niches that you're thinking of going after. I think that TAM has to be ever expanding. There has to be new players in the market. There has to be some kind of um audience to, to link into that's not going to be like limited at some point and kind of stop your growth because i feel like if you like we were growing really fast in that space but somebody that was into tech startups or someone that was into um you know, yeah. e-learning or someone that was into e-com they they grew five times as fast yeah, as we did exactly. because they were yeah. just you know there's just more inertia going on so if you're expanding I, you know, into an expanding market it's just totally exactly. different right? it's like i think that's one thing to like that I really noticed about just going from LED into the agency space is like going into an area that has headwind or tailwinds instead of headwinds right. is like, it's just a dream. Like not to say that this shit is easy, right? Obviously, you know, you know, and people at home know it's like, this is not, you know, it's not like there's no such thing as an easy business. We all think they are right. Everything looks great till you get in it. You're like, <laughs> Oh my God, you start pulling your hair out. But uh, there, there is a headwinds and tailwinds thing. And, you know, yep. going into, like going into an industry that is expanding as you're expanding, like there's just a lot more room to move versus going into something like manufacturing. You know, when we were selling LED, it's like, especially regionally, you know, there's 1200 manufacturers in, in a certain region. Like, well, shit, you know, that's, that's not huge. Uh, and we sell physical good. So it's a different strategy for sure. You have to kind of employ in that kind of business and it can be wild. Like, I mean, like you made it, it can be wildly successful, but it's a, it is definitely like a different, uh, relationship and a different kind of vibe that you're building with the whole thing. But yeah. So yeah, I think growing market is just a, that's one thing you just want to check off. I think at the end of the day, like you can do whatever niche you want to do, but I think at the end of the day that that should be happening. Otherwise you will, because it's kind of something that, that people say a lot where it's sort of like, you know, if you go look at a market and there's not a whole lot of players in that market, you could say, whoa, it's an untapped niche, but chances are it's probably just a shitty niche. You probably, yeah. probably people just aren't making that much money. So it's not very, so going into crowded niches are, is very important. I think that's, that's my number one advice is go, go sell cold, fresh ice cream on a hot beach to, you know, on a, on a beach with fucking people on it that are sweating their asses off who want some ice cream. You know what I mean? Like go totally. grab, capture demand. Don't create it from the get go. That's, and, and of course you can always create demand later once you have cash flow going and maybe that niche becomes very, you know, whatever. But, um, those are, those are different situations, kind of, uh, edge, edge cases. But, um, I think, you know, some people need to just dive in, I think, and just do, I think you're, so something I want to zoom in with you on the topic of niches is that you had a sales job seems like you kind of kicked everything off with a sales job sort of out of you know um coming into your own uh, so to speak or whatever yeah and i think that that's something that for example getting a job is something that can be kind of like poo-pooed on by people in the agency space specifically and um out there in guru landia or whatever you know people are kind of the nine to five is shit. and I, the more i talk to people on the podcast and just in general the more i i see that no come on guys that this is where you learn like you can learn so much in a job and then be able to take that and have domain knowledge into your agency, into your niche. You know Man, what I mean? This is so, so funny. Yeah, I got to share a story that I, uh, I'm going to overshare. I'm going to overshare, but I'll, I'll try not please to. Please do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fuck it. Um, it's hilarious you bring this up because this has been on my mind and like learning a new industry, like what better way to basically go get like a paid internship, you know, by, by a great company or a great founder and, and learn what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, a company, an agency that I really like that's very established and 
is significant, you know, doing significant revenue, been around for a while, uh, works with a lot of like venture backed, um, you know, you might know nodding along, but I'm not going to say any names. Uh, they just, they actually like made me an offer to come and work with them for a while as an employee, which is of course like mm. antithetical to who I am now. Cause you know, there's this thing where you, you know, like the, the thought of having a boss, no matter what the cost. Right. And on, on some, in one way it was like, I felt a little bit proud because I was just like immediately recoiled, recoiled at a job with a number that would have been like, I don't know, eight years ago, if somebody offered me that amount of money, I would never would have thought that I would ever turn down a salary like that, you know? And this, I'm like, no, man, no, sorry. You know, like I, like, I really appreciate it, but like, there's just no fucking chance. Um, but it's still, I still, I'm honestly still considering it um, because the opportunity to learn, like, like what, how, what better to go in and see the systems and, and learn from someone and actually build a relationship with someone who's doing what you want to do, you know? So we do poo poo on the, on the employee route. But uh, another friend was actually saying that like, what could be more entrepreneurial than going into a place and, and, and learning everything that they do, you know, as, yeah. the, as the shortest, most direct path to your own business. And of course, yeah. you know, you're not going to go in there and just like steal someone's business. And, you know, so you, you've got to be pretty transparent about this with what you're doing. So you're not just a, you know, a dink, but the reality is that, you know, people do come into companies and leave them. So, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's a neat idea, even at this stage for me, like, to, like I would even, you know, having yeah. been an entrepreneur for whatever, five or six years, strictly uh i would I, I would still consider it you know so i'd yeah. encourage anyone to to do the same i i think i think you're yeah that's no that's very uh hum, humble of you and really interesting uh of you to mention that though i think that's really i mean that's a pretty candid moment that people can kind of take and go you really have to assess what your what your you know what your future I, also it's kind of a thing of like those short-term gains are great but what's the long-term look like and you know yeah. if you can get in if you can get into a space like that headlong, understand the insides and outsides, and even more so, more than their systems, because obviously, I mean, I, I would say most nine to fives you come into, you're actually gonna, there's gonna be things to be desired in the system. You're gonna be kind of, damn, I could build this better. But you know, who are the customers? What is the offer? You know, what are the mechanics of the sales process? Like those things are just, that can be mind blowing. And especially in a sales position, you're like the closest to revenue. You're making more money than anybody else in the goddamn building. You know, mm -hmm. right? Always. So, and yeah. a lot of people, I think, don't see it that way. And I think that that's because at the end of the day, and you know, I talked to a, I talked to a really great guy named uh, named David Riggs um, uh, the other day, and his uh, on the podcast, and his whole thing was, um, you know, it, it, it's it's just what you can do in a job, what you can learn in a job, you know, can just be so mind blowing for that long term. You know, process. So anyway, I, not to belabor yeah, it, but I, I think, think we, we'll, really we could wrap it. Uh, another friend, because like I had actually discussed this with friends, because you know, seriously, like, wow, this seems like an incredible opportunity. Um, and hopefully, this doesn't air before I actually make up my mind. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, uh, another friend said, I think it was a Seth Godin quote, where mm -hmm. when when he's asked, "How do you build a hundred million dollar business?" His answer is, "Go work in a hundred million dollar business." That's it. <laughs> That's it. I think that I, anyway, stay no more. I think, uh, everyone listening, I mean, definitely consider that for, for, for the future, man. Consider that for the, for the long term, you know? Cause uh, yeah, like maybe, I mean, you could probably make an agency, keep all the money or be a freelancer even and keep all the money and do some fairly big deals, you know, get what you're worth and make, make a bunch of money, but you're missing out on some experiences also back to the niche thing that we originally were talking about. I think, you know, just, getting experiences learning from like you said people that are already doing what you want to be doing is uh that that's really a good place 
to start if you're really just starting. And if you're a little bit further along and maybe you've already been doing this, working with a bunch of different niches, um, I, I think you definitely need to look at growing markets. And uh, and I think really what I'm finding, and, and you probably will resonate with this as well, that just recently uh, with everything I'm doing, it's kind of like I'm sort of selling to a younger me in a sense at the moment. Like all of my plans are revolving. Like I was like, what niche, what niche, what niche, what niche? And then, you know, right in front of my face is like this big group, this huge TAM. They're being added to every day. They're, you know, try, there's there's a goal in their head, a very clear goal that I have achieved that, you know, they can achieve. It, it, pretty much anyone can achieve that's not, you know, uh, distracted or, you know, doing uh, hard drugs or something, you know, or whatever. Uh, but, you know, they can achieve this, you know, if they put a little muscle into it. And, um, you know, I know this person because it's me. I, I'm speaking to me yeah. five or 10 years ago. I think ultimately I'd say that's the best niche. If you can do that, that is always going to be the best niche. And sometimes, like we're saying, that cornerstone is to go get that sales job, learn the ins and outs of this thing. And then, you know, you do that for a couple of years, you level up, you start your agency, and then you'll hit a point where you go, okay, I need to choose a niche now. And, you know, God damn it. Why don't I just sell to old me in that, you know, in that sales job with to those people that I know so well that, you know, or whatever that is, or even yeah, not the old me, but those customers really, I work with. Yeah, yeah. I think you've done a really good job with that. Um, cause I mean, that's initially how we would have connected, whether it was on Twitter or, you know, yeah. in, in one of your, in one of your telegram groups. Um, but I think you have done a good job of that. of just being really, you know, transparent and, and, and useful to people who are where you are, you know, somewhere along your own journey. And it's, it's just like, yeah. you know, Tim Ferriss, you know, in four hour work week, the, the initial, you know, the original Bible, uh, for all of us, uh, in this space, you know, yeah. that's, that was his thing, right? 30 year old, you know, 30 year old him in metropolitan cities and, you know, or m major cities, uh, mostly males. And I think that's a, I think it makes it a lot easier, right? Cause you just understand yeah. it. You understand your buyer. That's right. That's right. And it, you can also be really I, I, genuine, right? Like how easy is it to connect exactly. with, with, with people who, who you, you know, you, you have so much in common with, you know, so well, you don't have to really sell it. You can just do, you can just go and do your thing and be yourself. And then, you know, it's, 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 the it's easier, right? Headwinds. It's exactly it's the headwinds versus tailwinds thing you said. Do you want, do you want to have to get on the call and figure it out? Or do you want to get on the call and, and answer the questions and solve the problems, right? It's sort of an, an appeal to the desires because, I think in, in any market, there's a lot of different dynamics going on too. I think in, in commercial LED lighting, there were companies that were 20 times bigger than you guys. They were at like 20 mil, 40 mil, you know, 100 mil easily, yeah. right? And they're selling, their market is a completely different market. They're looking at, at, at doing different kinds of deals, different dynamics. Yeah. They have the shit to back them up. You know, they're going to be going after kind of a slightly different psychology than you're going to be going after as a million dollar um, company. And to a lot of people listening right now, if you're in those spaces, a million dollars is not, I mean, that's like the first, that's like, you're okay. You're, you're starting to get there, right? That's not even, you know, like in, in the, yeah, it sounds like, like a like lot. A, exactly. It sounds like a lot. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's worth it to note that, right. That we're talking about like, you know, and, and, and in the industry that I was working in too, manufacturing, I mean, dude, my clients were 40 million uh, and above only. I sure. did not work with anyone under that ever. I, and manufacturing with 50 employees, how the hell are you going to, they don't have money if they're not making over four, right? So exactly. Um, well, imagine what and, does it and, cost to pour iron, right? What is it? We had, we had a guy, yeah. we had a foundry. Yeah a foundry with a hydro, like electricity bill, $300,000 a month, you know, $300,000 a month in, in electricity. Cause they're melting, like they're melting steel. They're pouring steel, That's right. melting iron That's to, right. to pour steel, which is, is, yeah, different, different world. And, and we can, so, you know, we conflated as we did in my first business, right? Conflating revenue and profit. Uh, 
is a, a dangerous game to play. You know, so like seven figures sounds like a lot, but especially businesses with cost of goods sold, uh, it's not necessarily uh, it's not necessarily a huge number at the bottom line. No, not at all, not at all. And I mean, it, it's just yeah, those margins and and like with the rebate offer again, anything that makes those margins uh, thicker is just gonna it it adds multiples to the situation rather than just being kind of that little uh, impact. Which again, with the cost per lead, there's I think in the agency space, there's a lot of thought around this right now, how to make a big impact um, and, and get and get paid for it, frankly, right? And, and figure yeah. that out because uh, the retainer model is awesome uh, for building that first cash flow. But then once you get to some level, you start to go, God damn, you know, like for me, for instance, I was helping that 40 million a year company, dudes driving a Bentley, like people are living crazy, right? Like these guys, they, they actually had a pretty small team for what they were doing and stuff. And, yeah, uh, 1.2 you know, million per revenue per employee, right? Like, oh, you wow, hit a, a point where you go, yeah, yeah, you hit a point where you go, God damn, I'm, I'm only here, I'm here over here charging 4,000 bucks a month. You know, to me in the beginning, it was a lot, but later on you start to go, God damn, you know, if I was taking 5%, 2% of the revenue I was generating with these ad campaigns, I'd be like a millionaire as well already, right? So it's kind of, you know, there's definitely that that offer uh, that you're bringing up, I think is a really interesting um you know, an interesting sort of thing and, 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 and kind of bleeds over into all these industries. So um, really yeah. interesting. So you said you were so sick of meetings, man. I really love. So mm. there, there were two things you mentioned, actually. Number one was the bad partnership. And I wanted to zoom into that a little yeah. bit. I don't want to get too intimate with it. You don't need you don't need to share what you don't want to. But I, I am curious because. OK, good, because people, you know, this is something where I'm encouraging people all the time to go seek partnerships and this eo thing that you're in um you know the telegram group that we're running i've, I've heard of a couple people meeting through that group already and working together there's there's all these communities now and all these ways to connect with people going it alone is like the worst possible thing you can do except for having a bad partnership so i'd love to kind yeah. of zoom into that a little bit and uh get your feeling yeah, for how man, that how 100%. that percent yeah i'll um I'll, uh yeah I'll, I'll 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 spill the beans um so this wasn't you know like my my former partner wasn't necessarily like you know wasn't a, a particularly bad or malicious guy we just put ourselves in a situation where uh it brought out the worst in each of us we made just the critical error that almost everyone i talk to who's who's been around for a bit makes of not signing their shareholder agreement and like actually writing it because it is expensive you know like a good usa is five grand um if you want to do it right but really like even like the crayola contract you know that's a it's a one page google doc that you type up and you you know you can ink it in blood if you want uh <laughs> right that's gonna be better than nothing but like you got to get clear on expectations um and and most importantly like it, what we need what we needed was exit like we just didn't have a good exit um, yeah. so like a shotgun clause is a really easy one. If people are doing 50, 50, like I know it seems about a 50, 50 split of the people I know who will never, ever do a 50, 50 deal again, versus the ones who are like, all I do is 50, 50 deals and they love it. Um, so I do think it's different strokes. I think they can both work, but you need a good, you need, you need exits. You need a way out. You can have a shotgun, you know, which is a really elegant, actually an elegant maneuver, right? If anyone hasn't heard of a shotgun clause, essentially it means if, if Alex and I are partners, 50 50 in a in a company and we decide we want to separate at any time or it could be time stipulated but anytime i if i decide i want out i can write down a number um in this case we'll choose it's we'll we'll, we'll assume it's 45 million 
uh, to buy half of, uh, for my half of the company or your half of the company that we built together. So I write down a number and I bring it to you and I say, you know, the partnership is not working out. We're going to split. Uh, you have, you now have the choice. If you think my number is low, you can, you can buy me out and get a deal. If you think the number is high, you can take the money and run. So it's inherently fair. Uh, so shotgun's a great way to do it. Um, or other exits as well. Like, um, just kind of planning for like the three or four things that could go wrong, you know? Uh, yeah. Because by the time you need them, like when we were on the rocket ship, you know, with buckets of money everywhere, thinking that we were mistakenly thinking we were taking over the world, uh, foolishly, we, you know, we didn't fight. We just didn't realize that, that by the time you need the USA, it's too late because you can't go and ask for that after the fact, because it signals that you don't trust each other. Now the walls go up. Now it's a, it's a, it's an emergency and that's where we ended up. Right. So because we didn't have a way to, to protect the company, we, we just fought over it or, or stalled and, and just had a terrible, a terrible mess for, for months. And it was hard on the staff. It was hard on us, super hard on us. Um, you know, it's been a couple of years and he was a very close friend and we've still never spoken. Been two and a wow. half. Yeah. Two and a half years. We, you know, and yeah, I would love to, you know, I would love to, but again, it's just kind of like, you know, we ended up doing the whole going to court and a, like a bad battle. And, um, I wouldn't, it, it's just, it's so easy to avoid. And yeah. the only ones who wins generally just like divorce, you know, it's the lawyers, maybe the accountants, uh, if you have enough left over, but yeah, sign your USA. Think of three, like, what are the things that go wrong? You know, like, uh, uh, I end up, or, or Alex ends up, you know, stealing my wife. Okay. If that happens, here's how we, right. Here's how we play it. Right. If, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I steal yeah. Alex's wife, here's how it goes. Right. Alex wants yeah. to, he starts competing. Like there's only three or four really scenarios you can run into. One of you guys wants to move away. Cause yeah, you know, you realize that you were supposed to be in the jungle and you know, you, you were born to go and you got to go to Peru and do your ayahuasca, you know, shaman sort of trip. <laughs> awesome. Right. <laughs> At it. But sure. You don't know what that is. And then, uh, can I, you want one more? Sure. Okay, one more thing that I think I wish I knew then that I'd have learned is conflating um, ownership and um, and and income, like employment. You know, so they're like ownership is what you own. That's your equity. Those are your dividends. That's not your income. And if you ever want to build a sustainable business, you need to at least have a line item, even if you can't pay it to yourself yet, of what a market-based wage for yourself is. And there's a great book that's probably a hundred pages long, uh, called it's right, called simple numbers by Greg Crabtree. Um, it has a terrible clickbait subtitle, but it's a great book. And, and that's one of the, I think it might be the first chapter is like, get your owner compensation, right? You know, like stop BSing with a ton of expenses in there that aren't actually the company's expenses. Cause you never actually get an idea of what your business is, is doing and what's it worth. And it's not going to be saleable. And then further, if, if one, if you and your partner, if one of you guys wants to leave, you already have a market-based wage built in. Great. We can hire someone for that. And then you don't even necessarily have to split, right? If you and I decide that I need to go and do another company, great. I lose my income because I'm not working in our company anymore. But if we're amicable, I keep, I can keep my equity, you know, awesome. Mm -hmm. And now I, I own it. I don't have to do any work for that equity, right? Because right. I was being compensated. But then again, you need to calculate that. So there's a sweat equity piece because where you get sticky is if you're like, well, I, I put sweat in you know, for my 50% and I didn't get paid for that. Well, great, but you could have a line item for that. You know, your sweat mm -hmm. was worth, was worth 55 or 155 grand, you know, in that time we didn't pay it to you, but now if you want an exit and now that our company's worth 45 million, cause you and I did so well, uh, you know, great. I take my 155 of sweat out, 
You know, it's a line item on our, on our books. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've been compensated for that as a market-based wage would have been. So that, that's something else I, I would have done differently. Man, this 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 is uh, heavy stuff that I think everybody listening, it's, uh, you know, it may be a couple steps ahead uh, for you. If it's for some of you right now, for some of us, it may be um, absolutely painful to hear this because we're already in some kind of. Uh, I, if anybody's in this setup. right now, don't go to court. Just don't. It's not, don't yeah. even go to small claims. Like, it's just not worth it. you got to find a way yeah. to settle. And again, in that USA, having a thing, we go to mediation first, right? If that doesn't work, yeah. we'll just go to binding arbitration and it's, and it's done. Right. And yep, it's done within, exactly. within 90 days, right? Within 90 days, we have a deal. The company's not going to blow up for us. We had fixed costs. We were burning 60 or 70 K a month, you know? So when we fought over it for five or six months, like we dug a hole, we couldn't get out of, there was no value yeah. left in the company. Right. Yeah. So like, don't yeah. just don't go to court. Right. Don't, and, and nobody wins. The lawyers are going to tell what you, a, you're going to get a different story. Even if they're give you their best intentions, you know, don't go to yeah, court, find a way to man. settle, you know, put your ego away, which is impossible. I didn't do it. You know, I'm not saying I did it right. But, Put, if you can put the ego down and, and don't, you don't need to win. You need to, you need to get out alive. Cause at that point, winning is not the winning's not going to happen. It's just how bad yeah. both of you lose. Oh man. Well, this is, I mean, this is just huge lesson from someone that's gone through it. Um, I want to thank you personally, Martin, for this. And uh, I think everybody, man, take notes on this stuff. Take notes on everything you said, uh, create a contract to get going. Just something, 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 please. God, I actually found a cool thing. Uh, you guys can Google it too, called found the founders handshake, uh, which is like it. Um, I, I can't remember the name of the actual damn company, but one of their products was called the founders handshake and they have another product that's a little more premium, but it's a basic contract for found to get going, um, that they're offering awesome. kind of as a product. And I thought that that might be, might be helpful to everyone listening to and, uh, anyone going forward like that, but good God have something, you know what I mean? And now I think that one's free. It's pretty lightweight, but it's free. And then they have an upgrade. Uh, through a higher plan where you get like a more in-depth kind of thing, like what, what you're talking about. But yeah. Yeah. That, that Crayola contract, man, that shotgun clause, um, you know, dudes steal each other's wives. Dudes uh, start competing on the side with weird conflicts of interest that, 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 that don't really uh, help anybody. You got, yeah, you got people wanting to move. This is all incredibly important stuff. So I'm really glad we actually dipped into that and kind of, I think everyone's going to, um, if it could save one little... person's heartache, it'll be seriously, worth it. you know, seriously, man, it, man, is. It, cost, it cost me a good year and a half, you know, of my life, oh, man. And, and, and that's even like worse reeling. than the money, you know, that's even worse is. than the money, is. Yeah. you know, that yeah. amount of time. It's like, you could have been, could have been doing anything else. Right. But anywho, now that's really important. So yeah, learn from, from Martin's mistake that man. And, 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 and hear that, hear the pain in his voice, man. You don't want to, you don't want to go through that. All right. So everyone listening, you it's can benefit from, yeah. yeah, you can benefit from this, <laughs> this man's suffering. So we'll, we'll go ahead and do that. <laughs> everyone do that. Um, please don't overlook it. So, uh, another, okay. So bad partnerships, man. But, but again, too, you got to have a part, you got to have partnerships. You got to be open to that, but man, have something in place so that, you don't get burnt and, 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 and not that you don't get burnt, but just no one gets burned. Like you're saying, right. It's just when, when it gets bad, yeah. it's a lose, lose, you know what I mean? It is a good, keep it a win-win. Yeah. It, 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 it helps both people, right? You, yeah. you, you just need clarity. Cause like, if you play yeah. a game, you play a game to which you don't know the rules, that's when you get into trouble. Right. And it, yeah. just, just yeah. having, you know, a foundation to stand on that just outlines the rules. Okay. So if this happens, you know, here's, here's how we do it. Um, then at least yep. you know what game you're playing. It doesn't have to be complicated, but Love you want to talk man. tools? Love it. Should we, you want to do a little rapid fire on tools? What do you got for time? Sure. Here? Shoot it, dude. No, we got plenty of time, man. We can talk about all kinds. I actually wanted to dive into your so sick of meetings and how you transition okay, yeah, from sure. there. Okay, yeah, sure. You can do that one first. Um, why don't we podcast. do tools? At, yeah, why don't we do tools <laughs> after that? We can dive into some tools. But I think uh, as far as being sick of meetings, being on that sales floor, that 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 killing floor, 
um, you know, moving the needle for a company, being close to revenue like you were, um, you know, mm -hmm. that job, I think per personally, I think it's a great opportunity. That job opportunity to get into sales is like the underlooked opportunity for, for most young people um, with little to no education and even with a ton of education just, just depends on you but anyone that's you know uh needing money and wanting to build skills i feel like that sales job is huge so i wanted to kind of take through that a little bit of um take me through that a little bit of, of sort of how you rose to that occasion had that job was doing that thing all the stuff you learned you had said that you really cut your teeth in that position and then being sick of meetings and kind of what your your next step was after that and how you saw that and kind of maybe what you would have done different now yeah awesome um I think you you actually touched on a few things um, that are that are I don't know I, I think are, are kind of profound uh, and it, it all ties together. This idea of of doing the the sales yourself, like again, I'm not the I wasn't the only person only founder who was tired of sales meetings. So I think what what we can all remind ourselves is that the easiest way to being, becoming the right hand of any founder you want to get to know and build a relationship with and learn from is by selling. Like, cause it's, it's really, really hard. Um, and the founder is doing it. Chances are for, at least for a long time. And in most yep. cases forever, you know, the, the at least in some capacity. Um, and I think another thing you kind of highlighted there is just like how difficult it is, like why that's so valuable for, for any founders. Like it's so difficult to hire salespeople. It's really, really hard and it's yep. really risky. Like my, my right. hit rate is probably 20%, 25% in terms of salespeople that actually worked out. And if you're paying a, a base, you know, like each sales, when all said and done, you know, it's a $50,000 mistake. You got to get wrong four times to get right once. And it sucks. So what, what I did that I think was in hindsight, like what served me really well, um, with this company, Passion Sports, out of Victoria, BC, they sell you know custom apparel for sports teams, universities. Uh, great company, super entrepreneurial. Uh, incredible founder named Greg Wallace, who's a friend still to this day. Um, awesome. But I, I took the risk out of it for him. Uh, I said I would work for straight commission. I wanted to work with him, and I want to work with the company. So for six months, I made no money, and I worked pretty hard. Uh, it wasn't full time. I had another job at the time, but I, it was kind of like an affiliate relationship almost. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but yeah. it transitioned into a full-time thing. And then I remember when I went back to university, uh, in business school to wrap up a degree, like I was the only guy there who was making 60 K as a full-time gig by fucking answering a few emails in class. Right. So yeah, because I had done this straight commission job, um, and then eventually I did negotiate a little base just so I could eat and eventually went straight base and then it ended up not really working out I, ironically, right? We all Funny. think that we want the, you know, every, every person thinks they want the security and then you realize that it doesn't get you out of bed. Um, but, but I think that was like, that was instrumental because like I learned a lot and I got to watch Greg build a great company, you know, from, I don't know, probably would have been for sure under, it probably th went three or four X, you know, to, to a pretty significant revenue figure while I was there. And watch getting to watch that growth. And again, I pretty quickly became sort of his right hand, at least on the sales side, mm -hmm. um, yeah. because him and I were the ones who were selling the majority of the stuff. And, yep. you know, I always had his ear and I could always call the guy any questions I had. And he knew that like there wasn't really any risk in it for him because great. He's selling me a he's giving me a percentage of gross profit or a percentage of sales. Uh, so we if we win, we win together. If uh, if we lose, he's invested some time. I've invested some time, you know, but it didn't cost us anything. 
Um, so I think that's an easy way to do it and to, and to make it right. If, if I was an led with too many meetings and someone came up to me and said, uh, Hey, you know, I'll, I'll do all these meetings for free. You just give me a piece, you know, you can teach me and, and I already have some skills and I'm willing to work really hard, really hard. And at the time, like I was digging deep into selling, you know, I listened to tons of podcasts at, at the time and, and I was reading sell. I really wanted to learn sales. That's when I got really interested in outbound, you know, really. Um, so Amazing. it was a pretty formative time and, and I do really owe it to that that experience um, at Passion Sports with Greg. Love it, man. Take, take initiative. Everyone listening, man, I think there's a lot of action items in there too. You know, I think the, the, the experience is, is great to hear. Um, and I think also there's, there's some actionable shit in there, which is go out there. I mean, guys, if you're, you know, I've talked to a couple of folks where they're kind of like, Hey man, I, I'm really, I'm really into sales and marketing. I'm really into, I want to be close to, and again, I think I kind of always frame it as, as being, you know, close to company revenue. The closer you are to revenue, the more money you're going to make, the more experiences you're going to get, the bigger, bit totally. better network. Top salesperson gets paid more than the CEO. Absolutely. Right? Always. In any, always. In any company. Yeah. Absolutely. Always. And, and marketing is like next on that, on that ladder. People in Mark top of marketing are doing, are doing big numbers too, because it's just, you know, basically that system that drives revenue is going to be everyone operationally on that back end is not ever going to get as much as those people. And it may not be fair. I mean, I, you know, you may, you may have your arguments about it, but I, I would say uh, it's the reality in 99.9% .9 of businesses that the closer you are to revenue. So, you know, take that initiative. And, and if you're curious, yeah, I've met anyway, back to what I was saying, I was talking to some people that are going, I don't know whether to sell SEO or whether to sell to do sales or whether to, they're kind of at this like fork in the road where they're kind of, maybe they're in school, like you, like you were as well for part of that journey. And, you know, they're kind of like, what can I do to, to, to get into this? Because I'm at school, I got to do it. It's okay, whatever. But I'm just suffering all day through it. Cause I know I could just be learning so much. Um, being in the in the cockpit is something, right? Whether it's my thing or someone else's thing. And I think for folks like that, man, sales is definitely like that low hanging fruit, man. And if you're introverted, I'd say still do it, man. Like I, I I'm I feel in a lot of ways I am pretty introverted, and you you have to kind of like find that 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 you have to be able to do both at the end of the day, right? Trying to use it as a cop out, like oh, I'm introverted or I'm extroverted, right? It's like no, nah, man, you're both, and and you need to embrace both sides to be able to you know live live a a decent life, right? So I think taking action and jumping as close as you can to revenue. And if that's marketing for you, and that's kind of where you cut your teeth and what you're really into, do that. But I think for most of us, especially with no education, because it's one of the biggest things I regret in my life, honestly, if I can, if I can share that, it's just, you know, early on, I mean, I dropped out of high school, I have no education whatsoever. I completely just dived into just doing shit, freelancing from the get-go. I never had the idea of getting a job or doing any of that stuff. And, um, you know, and, and I, I regret hugely at that time, dropping out of high school, jumping, I regret not just jumping into a sales job immediately, whether it was starting mm. in a call center, moving up, going and, and, and approaching a founder I knew, anything like that, man, yeah. I, I just, I regret it to this day because it's like, God, you know, the I could have skipped like 20 steps doing that just in the sense of like learning the logic and the psychology of selling, talking to more people, building a network, um, you know, that, that, that is truly your net worth. I think that saying is, is totally true. And I think, um, yeah, what you did, I think is really, it, like you said, it worked out well for you. And I think it's um, something that everyone should think about, you know what I mean? See it as a mistake on my end and asset on your end and, and kind of see it in the yeah, middle. One of going, the few Damn. things I got right. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, well, <laughs> well, okay, here, get something here's, a right. here's, a, here's a call to action to your listeners. Uh, if, if, if the, the riff that Alex and I just had resonated with you or moved you in any way, <laughs> Uh, and you think you want to be, uh, you know, the, the person who is a slave for a founder for a while and wants to learn sales, yeah. uh, send me an email 
There you go. You can steal my playbook. I'll teach it to you. You give me a year. Uh, then you can go start your own baby. Chances are I'll, I'll even help. I'll fund it for you. Probably I'll give you a little seed yep. money so I can have a piece, maybe end up mentoring you. Uh, yes. And it could be a partnership because again, we're all going to be in different niches anyway. And the pie in this game, unlike the lighting game is so big. Uh, yes. So there's a call to action. Fire me an email. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, Alex will put it up in the show notes or something. And Absolutely. I would just say it. What is it? Well, Martin. Yeah. What Martin is it? Martin dot 80. Yeah, Martin.80, A-D-E-Y, at Leadosaurus, like the dinosaur, dot com. Perfect. All right, I just want to throw that in there. E email this man. And also email me if you'd like, Alex at, uh, I don't even know. No, don't email him. I want, you, I want your slave labor. Okay, don't email, email him. Martin. Yeah. Email Martin. Well, I'll probably throw you at Martin anyway. But I mean, yeah, if you guys want. <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, I love it. So yeah, so either way, you email me, email him. Uh, we'll connect you, man. I, whether it's Martin you end up working for or there's somebody else that you know fits you better. There's, you know, just, just get in touch with people, man. Start reaching out. I think that's the main thing. And obviously, Martin needs some sales reps. So anybody listening, man, jump, jump in, man. Yeah. He's always going to need them every organization needs them they are truly like are leads. the foundation yeah what was and that i'm sorry like, it's just like leads yeah You're like show me a business that doesn't want more leads show me a business yep. that doesn't want a good salesperson man so true so you guys take the initiative here i think it's really important um we were going to jump into tools but even before we do that really quick mm -hmm. i want to talk to you about the power of networking because what you mentioned uh in, in kind of your intro there i thought was really interesting that you're in this eo um i, I think you know you you went through this COVID time um you know you're one thing you so you mentioned to me earlier is that you know you haven't really had like a funding event in a company that you've owned you've been bootstrapping this whole time you're you're like me and many of us you're you're a you're a full-on bootstrapper at the moment have not really done the funding route however in your networks, you are probably, and I'm just assuming, but you can you can fill me in on this. You're speaking to people who have done funding events. You're connecting with entrepreneurs that are in the middle of funding events, have done funding events, are planning on doing funding events and things like this. You're niching down more into startups, tech startups, funded startups and stuff like that. That's becoming more of your audience as you go forward. I'm kind of curious, sort of like the, the power of networking to you, um, what that community has, has done for you. I think in the Telegram group as well, you've gotten some good feedback from me, but these kind mm -hmm. of networks, um, how do you see these? And, and, and I don't know, just kind of your thoughts on that as far as like the folks you've gotten to, to connect with that you may otherwise not have done. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so, I, it's such an, a, it's such an invaluable part, like not only of, of like trying to find your way or success in business, but just to having like a meaningful life, you know, like work and work and life are one and the same. You know, we can try to separate them and compartmentalize as much as we like, but at the end of the day, like, do you want to have relation, you know, like there, these are human relationships and, and to, to have a, a network of people, I don't mean networking, like handing out business cards and shaking hands or connecting on LinkedIn. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> having a oh boy my desk all right uh having a having a network of people who who you genuinely trust you know and and who are willing to help you uh is yeah it's just invaluable and it, it's like it's a rich life experience so eo entrepreneursorganization.org i think um it's not, it, right. it's expensive and it's not easy necessarily to join. Like you do have to have a qualifying company, but there are variants of it. Like there's an EO accelerator program as well. If you have a bit mm -hmm. of a smaller business, but there's, there's a ton yep. of companies just like it. And if anybody d does want to do the EO thing, uh, I highly recommend it. I'd be happy to tell you about it. Um, it's yeah. been instrumental for me and I'm still just learning. I've been in for three years. I'm still just learning how to use it. Um, 
it's yeah it, it it's it's just incredible and it does take time of course to build these relationships because trust you know uh trust shouldn't happen immediately no. and <laughs> and and it does it, it takes time like you need to you need to spend time with people and and you need to each do what you say you're going to do for a long enough period of time for that to be evident that that's the pattern right but then once that happens yeah the number of people um well here's a, here's a here's a concrete example when i started this you know, I was just banging my head against my desk for the first five months, six months, trying to figure it out. And then I got on um, Twitter and found cold email wizard, probably one of these people, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. joined, joined a group there, might have joined Utopia or something, mm -hmm. which is like 20 bucks a month. It's mostly e-com. wasn't exactly my thing, but it, it was kind of yeah. the first step um, in yeah. this sort of networking thing in the industry. And and like it, it does start like that, right? It starts relatively superficial. Um, I think the easiest way to to, uh, to expedite and attract the people that you that that will be your future, you know, confidants are like is to just give before you get, and yeah. that's a cliche because it works, right? If you go in there and you and you, if you want to have a transactional relationship, you can have those. Right, but it's a different thing, right? If you want to have a relationship, relationship, it's not really transactional. You know, if you're gonna, you're both deriving value from it. That isn't just, uh, you know, uh, financial or 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 what have you. But yeah, it starts like that, right? So give before you get. Right now, we just, um, right, I, I today, um, uh, a, a friend, uh, actually, he's he's an acquaintance. He's not a friend yet, but hopefully, he will be. Um, mm -hmm. He has an incredible little data company and they built this Inc. 5000 list of their own, which Inc. Mm -hmm. 5000 sells for 8,000 bucks, but he built one, you know, so it's got all the data, the growth metrics of the 5,000 fastest growing companies in the U S you know, with yeah. company data and CEO contacts, their Twitter profiles, yeah. what have you. So he just built awesome. this thing. He built it. It's great. Right. And said, I could share it with my network. Mm -hmm. So I sent this, I just made a quick little air table form, you know, Hey, you know, if you want to drop this thing in here, right. And if the, what I the form after they finish it redirects to our website. So my hope there is that like people at least oh they'll they'll at least become aware of what I'm doing because it's a new company. You know, so there's there's of course like yeah. a marketing angle, but I'm giving away this eight thousand dollar list for free to yeah. anyone who wanted it. You know, so, yeah. so I just said it's a friends and family thing. Dropped it in a bunch of EO chats. Dropped it in some course chats that I did. You know, for uh, Sean Puri's power writing course and audience building course. Mm -hmm. um, I'll drop. I can drop it. Well, actually, you know, your Telegram group, they'll, they'll fucking spam all these people. I know, I know, I know, I know they're all cold email. They're all marketers. Yeah. But if anybody's interested in that list, again, fire me an email. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. Um, awesome. But this idea of just giving before you get, right? Yeah. And like by sharing this, like I'm, I'm earning trust with people because I'm not being a greedy pig. And, you know, when you have a question and then the next part is don't be shy. Like, yeah. you know, I reached out to you, I think, with a genuine question because I had a problem. I didn't know how to solve it. Turns out. Yes it's the same kind of problem you love to solve. So yeah. you wanted to talk, you probably, we, we were on the phone for like an hour or something the first time. Oh yeah, you, I think it was over you, an hour. You riffed on it. You couldn't, right? You couldn't, you couldn't help yourself because you love solving these problems. And that's yeah. true for, for almost yeah. anyone. So like, don't, don't yep. be shy to reach out. People are more helpful than you think. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, these are all these great lessons in there, man. I think everybody can, what, I, what I'm taking away from that is just, you know, community I, and, and, and with every company I'm building now, it's crazy, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm working with another company, actually, I'm CMO in this other company. And I'm, you know, it's kind of a marketplace model. It's a little different from what I usually do and stuff like this. But um, 
man, the first thing I'm pounding into all these people on the board is just like, let's build a community, 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 community. And um, whether you're just getting out and you're joining communities or whether you're launching a project and, um, you know, you want to you want to kind of build that. It's just so it's so critical, no matter how you build it too. you have because I'm a part of a couple of slack groups that I can plug to like, um, you know, mm -hmm. sales stack Same. is a great slack group. Yeah. Um, you know, all these all these different slack groups that are out there and um, I can. Uh, yeah, again, email, email us, man. If you have any questions about any of this, you can CC both of us if you want, because I got, you know, uh, databases of like Slack groups that are just awesome to, to, you know, again, add value into. You got Reddit, which is like uh, super underrated and no one talks about Reddit, but Reddit is like, you know, kind of kind of having a bit of a renaissance, I think, or getting close to it anyway. And you got Agreed. all these places where you can be connecting with people for free. And then as you go, it gets more and more meaningful, more and more meaningful. And then like you did, you know, you 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 stick your neck out, you pay some money to be part of kind of a an insider, kind of more VIP, more um, you know, high level group and stuff like that. It's just having that that um you know, having that support, having those people around you doing something again, exactly. doing what you want to be doing in some context is just mind blowing and, and totally game changing. So I think Here's um, one more, I got one yeah, more, please. one more to add on the topic. Uh, it just came to me because you talked about like forking out a bunch of cash to join a group. Uh, that yes. is great, but there's actually a hack, I think to this. And like, I I've had some, some of these free groups, right? Slack groups, telegram groups, WhatsApp groups that have been, you know, that have been great for me, great for learning, great for meeting people who are, who, who've already done what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Uh, there's also another hack though, that the difference between the club you pay five or 10 grand a year to be in and the one you pay 20 bucks a month to be in, isn't actually that different. Mm -hmm. Uh, so like they're, they're like the paywall, it actually weeds out like, I don't know, 99% of people who aren't serious and for a pretty small amount, like maybe you can join a group for a hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, just a hundred bucks, like that's actually going to weed out like all the people that you want access to. They're in there and they're bonding with each other with the same degree that people who join these really expensive groups are. So like, I think yeah. that the, the hack there is like, if you find a group that you love, don't be shy to pay five, 10 bucks a month or a hundred bucks a year or whatever to join it. Cause there's huge value there and people who are in there yeah. way stickier. Well, you got to take a risk, I think, on that one. And I, I agree with you 100%. You just got to take a risk. I think like there's, it's just, you never know who's in those groups as well. It's not like, you know, it's one thing that I love. I mean, I, and I get this on the Telegram group all the, all the time is people going, dude, I get more value from this than X course, Y course, Z course, X, you know, ABC course. Like what you're doing is like giving me so much value directly that it just, it trumps any course I've taken because not only are you answering with, with a degree of like urgency to help me out and take me to the left, but I've, there's all these other people chiming in and I'm connecting with these people and then building relationships and then building businesses with them. Like th this yeah. is becoming, yeah, you have how many irons in the fire do you have right now? You know, you you've know, got your hands uh, in so many pies right now. It's sure. Amazing. I mean, yeah. well, and you know, connect with great people, you can do it. That's, that's the whole thing. I mean, and I think there's so much value in it and, and cur curating that or being a part of that. Um, because I'm, again, like I'm saying, I'm, I'm running a group, but I'm also in a bunch of groups too. And it's just, you know, that kind of uh, feedback, especially when you're doing the entrepreneur thing, man, it's like, you know, par again, partners can screw you over. Partners can fuck your wife. Like you know, the, the things we went through earlier. So, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, that's always, a, that can happen in, in an organization. However, when you've just got like a community of people around that are just benefiting from learning from everyone's mistakes, learning from people's successes, it's like, there's, there's not too much, uh, you know, it's just, it's just very a pure thing where you're just getting support on this, on this journey that is admittedly really, really hard, right? Like as somebody that's been kind of in it, 
for like 10 years solid now. I mean, it's really, it is, it is a hard, I know guys with jobs who are making, you know, making what I'm was making two years ago, like no problem for a long time. You know what I mean? But they had to get in there every day at 7am and they had to, you know, wear the uniform and da da da. And I didn't, but it's just, you know, it, it's like, it's hard and it has rewards, but having that support group around you is just so important. And I love your hack, by the way. I think I've also experienced that in my, in my, in my experience. And I've, actually seen some guys from the inside launching these high ticket ones and doing this kind of thing and believe me these guys have no they, they have nothing beyond what a lot of the guys at 20 dollars a month have either you know what i mean it's it's, it's a lot of uh yeah <laughs> a lot of but the difference between the free on. one right it's like the free one the free is one right if you find the right ones they're amazing but most of them aren't as amazing you know what I mean? the value that you yeah. get from just that little paywall is uh it's it's significant in my view 100 100 man so um you know i had a couple other topics i was going to go into yeah. i mean if you find if you find this one interesting we can dive into it maybe if you want to keep it short keep it short but um we can jump into tools in a minute and kind of get back to where, where you wanted to go there um i want to talk about covid and specifically shitty markets i, I don't really think of covid as covid i think it was just as a horrible time in the market it was a, it's it's a, there's a lot of inflation going on right now there's a lot of you know whole industries sunk because of some government relation uh, regulations that whether you agree or disagree with it, it it's just heinous that you know today your business can be pumping and tomorrow it can totally be dead like in the ground six feet of dirt on top of it fucking dead right and that re i think that's a big wake-up call for a lot of folks i just wanted to um zoom into that a little bit for for you and your experience with that you seem to have flipped to the agency thankfully a little bit before that or, or around that time and so um away from commercial lighting again with rebate government rebates that probably were not around anymore at that point so I, i'd love to kind of get your view on um back to niching in some sense like kind of you know how how you um you know how that felt i guess like in in, in uncertain markets um you know your, your best you know putting your best foot forward in, yeah. in an uncertain market and just realizing that that can happen yeah what a great question I think this one, like COVID was uh, profound for me because it was my first time experiencing a downturn yeah. in the economy at large as an adult, like not only as a, as a business owner, but I just as an adult, you know, like I never really experienced that in 2008, I was, you know, whatever, uh, 18 or 19, I wasn't that concerned. Uh, you know, I wasn't that concerned with the general state of the economy. And I always wondered when it was going to come. And I think when we built our first company, like the sun was always shining. You know, there yeah. was a lot of like, there was money out there to be made and you can always, you can, there's always money to be made in every market, right? For sure. Right? I'm not going to say that, but, or at least every market that, you know, that most of us will experience. Um, but it, there, it, there's easy times and there's difficult times and COVID like we closed, thank God we closed three lighting deals on the Thursday, whatever, March 15th or 16th, whatever that, whatever it was. Yeah. It was like the day that the NBA season canceled and then everyone else canceled and all of a sudden we were in a pandemic and I thought it would be a couple of weeks. Uh, it turned out, you know, we didn't have any commercial lighting revenue after that for like nine months. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. Gutted, gutted us, gutted us. We did one, thankfully we did one project where we learned to import from overseas and did like a UVC germicidal lighting project for a manufacturer uh, yep. somewhere else that was like a one-off crazy project that kept the lights on, but that was months later, um, and came with all sorts yep. of risk, but Damn. yeah, we did nothing. And I think like we went from this, 
selling three projects in a day, which is like, that's rare, right? We don't usually like, right. The projects are, are, are big enough that if, you know, we don't usually do, uh, like they're not, I don't say that to, to say that they're so huge. Uh, it would just be very strange, right? We would close a, a project or two a month, you know, yeah. we just happen to close three projects, right. But the day before COVID, like, okay, thank God these things, long sales cycle, you know, some of them been in there for a year, a month, yeah. you know, six months, nine months. And then thankfully, so we did have a bit of cash, right. And we got the deposits and it worked out there, but then we sold nothing for nine months and we i didn't have the agency thing then um i spun it off because i think that that experience thank god my wife has a stable income you know mm -hmm. she has a uh, she works in the schools which in canada is a union gig you know they're paid gotcha. well um very so like even when the schools all closed and she didn't work you know they all or they worked from home or even while it was closed completely you know they're the union gig they all got paid stable income it's a nice compliment yeah. i think to a to an entrepreneur's journey, having a partner who uh, has a stable income, but yeah, we, we yeah. I made nothing. You know, it was it was actually a very humbling experience, like to to basically make no income. You know, I did my tax return last year, and like I had the accountant, I think I paid the accountant thirty five hundred dollars to do my taxes, which is a lot, but it was a complicated year for other reasons. And if I were to look at like the the income does not like. Like does not justify, you know what I mean? Like, it was crazy. It was fucking Oof. crazy. It was very humbling, yeah. very humbling to make. Yeah, just to to make almost no money and and you know go back to kind of like, not like proverbially, you know, eating out of the trash can for a while. But it also forces you to be, um, you know, it forces you to to innovate and look elsewhere. And then that's you know ultimately yeah. what what got me here and got me connected to you because we Brilliant. you know like here's one place where we could make money is like turns out we could spin off this agency and from this network. You know, had a friend in a network who said, dude, people would pay money for this. Why don't you try it for us? You know, I'm like, oh, okay, great. Did it for one more guy in the network. And brilliant. Said, yeah, man, there might be a business here. And the next thing we know, we incorporated and now we got a business. Absolutely brilliant. And, and one thing I want to zoom in on that too, uh, zoom in on in that situation is that the network that you're a part of is not all uh, agencies. Okay. Number one, that's also one thing I want to zoom in. You know, the, the network is entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. Is business owners. Oh, yeah. And that's also something really interesting and really inspiring for me on my side. And also I think interesting for everyone listening that, you know, the thing that kind of inspired you and validated a market for you in a dire time where, you know, like you said, no income for nine months is, is absolutely, I mean, that's just unthinkable for most of it. That's like, you know, like eating out of the trash can is not a, not a metaphor all of a sudden, you know what I mean? It's pretty real. And so I think, um, you know, and, 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 and I don't know, I've, I've, I've never had that happen to me. I've just, you know, I've just, eating shit for more than nine months for you know and had to live like that but i i know that that feeling when you fall from from somewhere down to somewhere you never thought you'd fall again and you have the support of people who are not just because if you had been in a group of only commercial lighting people that yeah. would have been a different world right but you were in a group exactly. where you've got other folks with other businesses other viewpoints other you know there's going to be some people doing SaaS model doing agency model doing cert you know local servicing model one of my favorite reddit groups actually one uh, subreddits is a uh, sweaty startup uh which is 
startups that are all, that are all about like local areas uh, scaling out, you know, like maid services, car washing, you know, these kinds of things. And, and you know, so people on that are listening to me right, right, right now might laugh. They might go, oh, shit, you know, car washing. These guys are doing like two, three, four million dollars a year easily. You know what I mean? Some of these guys are absolutely crushing it, doing their made made for hire business or they're, you know, they're just mm -hmm. rolling out an app to now assign maids to automatic locations. There, There is like markets you never thought about there's things you never thought about and and without having a community around you you know what i mean it, it, you can you can just be alone and your wife's there holding the holding the bag and you're going fuck man what the hell like when will the lighting industry come back right that's like you're you're so yeah. i think that's so important i think that's really cool to point out also that like you know if you're a marketing dude get in sales groups if you're a sales guy get in marketing groups get in like local business car wash because there's like sales concepts and things and marketing concepts and systemizing concepts that are going to come out of those other places that can be super inspiring for whatever you're doing whether that's you know uh, agency SaaS, core you know coaching coaching consulting Definitely. it doesn't matter right and then you also find clients in there like that was your first beta client and then you kind of went from there right so and still um, a lot of our a lot of our current clients whether direct or indirectly because like you're not allowed to solicit in the group right it's kind of one of the things that makes it special right. but right you put a bunch of people who are addicted to doing business together in a high trust environment and like you know it's not surprising everyone starts doing business with each other um, absolutely yeah, right whether directly or indirectly most of our most of our business has come through that network or, or super or like super it. super critical man so anyway I, I love that i think i think we're we're covering some really interesting shit so why don't we i think we're going to start to wrap up here but i wanted to jump mm. into uh the tools what, what was your what was your question or what was your topic on tools you wanted to cover i i well, would let's love just to cover riff that. quickly on tools uh i think right. i imagine a lot of the people here do cold outbound right many yes right would that be relevant many. like yeah absolutely absolutely like, I would just love let's to riff, just riff on because like things are changing quickly as you they know, are. like the amount of SaaS that's coming out and then also yeah. the changes to the game. Like, I don't know, uh, you know, you guys are working on stuff. There's some GPT-3 stuff that's very interesting right now. Oh yeah. There's there's oh, yeah. some new, you know, actual software, right? Uh, whether it's Mailerize or QuickMail or like there's so many cool, there's so Man. many cool new tools. So I'd love if, I don't know if, if there's, are there parts of your tech stack that you don't share? Here's a good question. Yeah, that's do you a great share question. Every, do you share everything in your tool belt? Because I'm always that's a great There's a few that's things an I don't share. That's unbelievable question. And I wonder if it'd yeah, be better that's... if I did. <laughs> well, let's do it on this podcast, man. I mean, the people that get blessed with this podcast, I think are going to be a, uh, a pretty elite uh, group of people, I would say, that are going to really take a lot from this. So yeah, I'll say uh, a couple of things. A couple of things. Yeah, it's, it's so... I guess what I always like to go back. So this is not actually very common to do on the podcast. It's cool. It's kind of first time we're really doing digging into cold, cold outbound in a real technical way. So why don't we do that? Um, I think first off, I want to set the stage or at least preface anything we say right now by saying that there is absolutely no substitute for building real relationships with people being genuine um coming up with good offers and and actually going out there to help people and not except um, for not, cold email no i'm just kidding well that's <laughs> <laughs> what it feels like it's what it feels yeah. like sometimes i think people really you know they're just uh they're just hungry man they just want to send emails for whatever reason but i think um to yes. keep to always bring it back to that i think that's really always what i try to focus on the tools I'm, I'm never going to say that the tools matter more than the actual um, backbone of, 
of what you're trying to do and 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 you know the the thing you know the the actual value that you're trying to provide in the sales process and all that kind of stuff. But as far as tools go, man, yeah, it is insane right now. There's a lot of movement and Google's getting stricter. I think I'll start by saying that Google's getting definitely getting stricter. People are seeing a, a lot more little red flags everywhere. And uh, you know, Google's not stupid, man. I want to definitely say that to anybody listening. Google, Google's not dumb, dude. They're smarter than you think, and they're they're kind of they're kind of scary in my mind in some in some sense. You know what I mean? Because just of the amount of data and the amount of um, you know uh, the amount of resources that they have is just stifling and the ai and the machine learning they have is not what you think it is they know what you're doing uh when you're cold emailing they're letting you get away with it in some cases because you're doing okay with it um when you do shit with it they block it so it's it's a they, they know what's going on they know what's happening they're not stupid so i'll say that from the top um will cold email always exist yes so i think you know as far as a customer acquisition channel and all that it's always going to exist because email is just you know it's like breathing for for humanity at this point somehow um in a, in a very short three almost three decades or whatever that it's been or um so i guess tool wise man so I, we're working on growth boost that's one option uh you got sky leads sky leads also awesome i i i I, you know, they're a competi direct competitor to most of what I'm doing always, but I think that they're also doing a fine job. I think there's what some... Because, oh, hold on. I don't, I, I don't want to dig into that one. What if I break it up into buckets as like a rapid break fire thing and then get break your it take? Rapid. I'll, show, I'll show them mine. You can show them yours. And then we'll see. He's actually going to be crazy. Kind of like, I wish that somebody did this when I Let's started this a year ago. So this would be fucking, <laughs> this could be actually be like, this could actually help somebody like, tremendously. Yeah, you know, and it's well, so fire. stupid. Like, fire I feel away, like I man. shouldn't. Fire I always away. feel like I shouldn't share it. But then at the end of the day, here's the analogy that came to me um, recently, within the last week or two, was like, if let's say you have a Stradivarius, right? It's like a million dollar violin. It's like uh -huh. a beautiful tool. It sounds incredible, right? But like, yeah. if you take the million dollar violin and give this tool to someone who doesn't know how to play it, like they're not going out there to play a concerto, right? It's like, so at the end no. of the day, the tool is the tool. And like, I used to be so afraid of showing the customers tools that we use with Apollo or whatever, you know, yeah. thinking that they yeah. would then just replace us. But they, yeah. the opposite happens. They don't say, I can't wait to get rid of these guys. They say, thank God, I don't have to use this tool. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. That's a really good point. You made a great point. So yeah, no, keep keep that yeah. uh, keep keep that in your mind always, guys. You know. Okay, so here we go. Uh, but you ready? Shoot it. Shoot it. Fire. All right. Um, ESP, Google or Microsoft? Whoa. Okay. So ESP. Yeah. So Google. I say Google. Uh, personally, I think I, I. I. Nothing against Microsoft. I think some people are getting insane deliverability with uh, with Office 365 and Outlook. However, like I just can't. I, I just can't do it. I can never. I've tested it. It's almost equal in my tests. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't give a shit. So I just don't care. I'd rather go Google. Google domains. Awesome. Make it easy. Make it fast. Make it make it scrappy. Get some goddamn emails out there. Um, another one though, I will say that that people don't talk about. Again, I haven't really been giving this away, and I'm testing it uh, very uh, deeply right now. Is Amazon SES? Uh, I, as I was going to ask. That's a, that's another a, bucket. <laughs> yep. As a well, as an ESP though. I mean, it, yeah. it really. I think. They they are you know for cold email it is against terms and conditions but obviously uh, you know so is SendGrid and so is all these other things. However, I put it way above SendGrid and way above Mailgun and any of those things, SendInBlue or any of that for deliverability. The thing is pretty damn awesome with deliverability. So I have to say, you know, SES has been blowing my mind, and the and the cost is just stupid. I mean, ten thousand emails. You're not an SMTP guy, right? 
I am. Oh yeah, no, I, I definitely am. I mean, in terms of uh, in terms of sending, I mean, it just like depends on now? the campaign. Are you coming around? Yeah, yeah. It depends on the campaign. I think for people getting going, I, I honestly think manual sending is the best thing to do. That's how I got my early wins. Uh, you need to you need to figure out what's resonating. You need to depend on 100% deliverability, and you need to do something cheap and easy to send like 10 or 20 emails a day and you need to get in the habit you actually need to personalize each email and in my opinion you need to you need to get quick wins to go forward in this in this space in this whole business model so god i respect I would you say, so much for that i do I, I respect you so much for being willing to send man, manual emails i, I will oh, do it i know i, I, I used to do it i have I done it but it. i wouldn't do it now yeah they do crush. oh my god you get like oh, you I, get 20 percent interested rates you know you can get ridiculous oh easily because you're you actually can, thinking about it right and you're like you, yep. you stop trying to be the automation captain you know up that's in the right. spaceship and you're like oh that's right you, you look at this guy and you're like oh you know here's how i would write to him and you write an email from a human to a human which is what all dude. our automation tools are trying to replicate it turns out that actually works dude it works insanely and i've gotten meetings with some serious heads man like with, with that kind of method man i've met i've met with some you know those those 40 50 100 million dollar companies you you can approach those people with that kind of effort because most firewalls and those levels of organizations also block automated emails as much as humanly possible it's from outside of the domain it's got an image in it it's got a link in it, it they throw that stuff away no one even ever sees it and so a lot of people going for the higher level deals which i i endorse go after high level deals cut your teeth if you're not going to go get the job please don't sell to plumbers and stuff go don't sell to doctors right away go out and get some big deals because that's gonna that's gonna propel you forward to be able to do everything else and find good find good offers interview these people know them better build relationships but when you're at a point when you have a business model that's solid you have an offer that's killer you you kind of know what you're doing you're getting good reply rates you know what you're you know something like SES is just going to save you from having to make like eight gmail accounts and um you know you can send a really high volume and get pretty good uh deliverability that doesn't go in the promotions tab magically instead of uh un unlike SendGrid and all those other ones so yes. yeah esp wise those are my 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 top two is just is just google and SES okay. if i had to just choose two yeah email verifier we use zero bounce. Oh, and I should also say we premier, yeah, we use Google pretty well exclusively. We're experimenting with some SMTP stuff. I'm gonna try yeah. it on SES, but we play Google Whack-a-Mole for the most part. Uh, email verifier. We use zero bounce. What do you use? Yeah, uh, I go cheap, the cheapest humanly possible. Million verifier. Million verify. Value. Yeah, you do. Cheap nice. as humanly possible. I don't care. I just want to send the damn emails. Give me some emails. Let me send some stuff. Like I got you know. So yeah, yeah. Zero bounce is great. Great never bounce, a great product. All those are great products. So yeah. 100 percent Yep. Um, AI warm up. Uh, okay, so this is an interesting topic. So number one, I think that if you're using uh, Google, um, you know, it, it, for number one, it doesn't matter. I, I'll, I'll say it doesn't matter. That would be my actual recommendation. I'll just back up and say it doesn't. It doesn't fucking matter. I know guys. We had talked about this the other day. I know guys who just don't warm up at all, and they just start sending 100 emails a day, and they do fine with it. it it's totally. It's totally one of those black box things where like if you want to do, I would say test it, test everything you can. If you're going to do Amazon SES and you already have a proven offer, proven market, you're ready to send some more on the bulk side emails, you do not need to warm up Amazon SES or one of those SMTPs. You just start sending and you just know you're going to get a good reply rate because you know what the fuck you're doing. So yeah. end of the story. Uh, but, you know, all the products out there are good. Um, all the products out there are just doing their thing. GMAS is the free one. Yeah. I, I, you know, for this kind of purpose, I go free. I mean, it's just like, good God, you, it's not that important. Um, signing up to newsletters is important. Manually sending some emails also maybe 
it just Google doesn't go like we said earlier, Google's not stupid, man. They know what you're doing. They know what these tools are. That limb warm thing isn't working anymore that well. Uh, a lot of those things end up burning things faster than they um, help. So I'll say that again, you know, it just totally depends, but, uh, but, you know, keep, keep it down to a dull roar if you're going to do it at all. And uh, just, Focus on getting good reply rates, man. That's all I can tell you. Do manual shit in the beginning so you get 100% deliverability and you know it. Yes. And you're not tracking opens. You just have a spreadsheet. Um, email me or go in the tell in the in the in the group. We have a, a spreadsheet that I just shared with somebody. Um, I'll slap that on the website somewhere. Um, that'll help you track manual efforts and stuff like that. And um, at the end of the day, that's that's the best deliverability. So I love everything it. else. Yeah, I love it, yeah. especially when warming. I think that's so such a great idea because you are like your deliverability. Like you need to prove great deliverability at the start. And if you're doing yeah. it manually, you're not fucking it up with right. bouncing emails. You know, like you're not, you're not, you're just not screwing as much up and you're going to get a great open rate. You're going to get a great That's reply right. rate. Like That's your engagement right. is actually going to be good. Okay. Next. And, and one of the reasons, one of the reasons you're getting a great open rate is because you're not tracking open rates, man. That Bingo. little pixel, you <sighs> never know what that goddamn thing is doing in there. And with iOS 14 and all this anyway, there's, there's a whole, we can write a book on this, but go ahead, yeah. go ahead forward there. Okay. Um, Obviously, for data, it's ListKit. Obviously, but if if uh, if if someone uh, if someone is a moron and they wouldn't use yeah. ListKit, what well, where yeah. where would they get their data? Well, it, not not moronic at all. I think again, yeah. ListKit is one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good one, though. I think once you know, once you've got your again, once you got your offer, your business model, your market, kind of somewhat figured out. Okay, I, I think that. Um, I think that ListKit's a great option at that point because you know you're you're saving time, which is becoming your greatest asset at that point, of course, right? I think when you're low on money, though, because ListKit's fairly expensive for data, I would say, and it's a service. Um, I would say so. Prospecting Toolkit is kind of my go-to for like, you know, getting going because you're just going to be able to scrape LinkedIn Sales Nav. You can do it unlimited, and you got a couple tiers of pricing that are going to rival anything else. So you can just get data quick, start pounding, do that million verify, do that zero bounce thing, get some damn clean data, and start sending. So I think that's the coolest one. LinkedIn obviously is an adjunct to that. You do need LinkedIn. Um, if you're in, if you're a member of our group, you get a LinkedIn discount for Sales Nav. So uh, putting that out there as well. Uh, hit me up about that if you want that. Half I have to hit you up for that. Yeah, I'll get you that, man. You just let me know. I have a page for that. I just send it over to you. But yeah, we'll give you half off on that and use that in the beginning, in my opinion. That's going to, and, and LinkedIn, I have to just give a quick synopsis that LinkedIn is always going to be the most accurate data at this current moment just because it's user generated. People are filling it out. People are changing their roles when they change. People are doing all this stuff, and LinkedIn picks up on that and has great filters and lets you search that stuff. They have tech stack data now. They got a good uh, bit of intent data in terms of recently funded or yeah, senior leadership just their changes. Industries. Their industries. Just suck. their industries alone. Yeah. That's their the industries only thing that are. Sucks. Right? It's, 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 it's a bit limiting, but still, man, honestly, yeah, it's as doable. Far as, but like, as, yeah. manufacturer right like so suppose you were fighting this is the uh, manufacturer's a classic example because like like they they actually put it as like manufacturers in aerospace and in manufacturers in you know whatever you know, ball bearings automotive there's no this you is can't get the actual you know this is gonna SIC trip you code. out man this is oh, gonna no. trip you out so this is gonna trip you out i think and, and you just mentioned sic code and, and and we can i think when it comes to manufacturing or supply chain um physical type businesses and things of this nature man Go for the databases that that specialize in those things. Go for the government listings. Data Axel. Data Axel. You've got There's even a free just hack. Like, hey, free uh -huh. hack. Library Shoot card. It. Go library to any library card, card 
And yep. uh, you can go online to the online resources and you can get yep. free info USA or data axle access. You can pull like a 200 or 500 or whatever a day. And it's the exact, yep. you get free access to their database for getting a free library card at your local library. Fucking great, wild. great hack. If you're in America, definitely do that. And if you're not, there's like all kinds of in Canada too. Yeah. Yeah. In Canada as well. I'm not yeah. sure about like India and those kind of places, but man, they've yeah. got shit out there, man. You can like go look for company directories when it comes to those kind of niches. And yeah, if you want to go buy SIC code and stuff, um, that can be smart. But um, enrich, just take, again, just take the company URL from that listing, scrape those somehow, which is pretty easy. There's tons of browser, you know, data yeah. scraper, uh, Chrome extension will let you like Fantastic. visually, yeah, Phantom. Well, even just, just getting the company URLs in one spreadsheet or one list, put those in prospecting toolkit, get emails from them of the roles you want, start reaching out. It's like enrich Ooh. what you can find out there. You, it, the pro that's why prospecting toolkit always comes to my mind. Cause it's just, you can just throw company URLs in there output email start sending so wherever you find the data from it's going to maybe vary a little bit i would say linkedin universally is probably the best but of course when you get to e-com you know you got store leads you've got built with you've got all these other things that you want to pull company urls from so then you can enrich them um for manufacturing specialized stuff like that robotics um you know commercial led <laughs> distributors mm -hmm. manufacturers oems everything you know that's gonna there's gonna be government directories uh you know directories you can buy and stuff of that kind of stuff so yeah there's the, every prospecting thing has a different kind of angle to it you just got to get uh as creative as you as you possibly can there love it for quick and dirty we use apollo and yep. then of course that's we use another a million, great a million other tools but but apollo's got a good database it's for 100 bucks a month and a little bit of a macros automation so you don't have to click a thousand pages uh, yep. it's good. Next. Yep. Uh, and I got, I only have, uh, two more, uh, and then we can all go to sleep. Um, email drip. So you're actual sending sequencing emails. Uh, obviously you, I imagine growth boost is a good one. So, so growth boost is kind of, yeah, yeah obviously I have to plug growth boost. It's I'm very proud of it. I think it's, uh, we're, we're, we're definitely improving on something that, um, is out there, but it's, it's, it, it doesn't function that great. So growth boost is that is there for the multi-channel omni-channel. Again, that's not going to be for everybody. Um, you know, that that's a little bit more of an advanced thing, 150 a month, hundred a month for one of these kinds of things, you're, you're looking at a little bit more of an investment. And, um, I recommend it obviously if you're getting serious and you're, you're knowing your stuff and you're, you're tracking numbers and you're doing your thing. Um, if you're just getting going, man, I mean, look, <laughs> G G mass is a great one. Uh, mail meteor is a great one. If you just want to do mail merge in the beginning for that beginning of the automation stuff, um, you know, again, prospecting toolkit has that cooked in again. You're just at the end of the day, you know, mail shakes. Great. Um, you know, I think there's one, you know, there's one, I'll give one really funny secret away really quick of yes. one that no one talks about. Let me see if I can find it really quick. Oof. I hope I can find it. So, um, so yeah, so I think honestly, again, this is one of those situations where I would say that it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really, really, really matter. Um, what you're using. I think it's it just, as long as it sends emails, I think, uh, mix max is one that I used in the past also yeah. that I really enjoyed, uh, as far as how it functioned. How about you, man? What, what's your, what's your zone on this? And then I'll come back. Um, with this, uh, right now, here. primarily, like I used to use close IO. I used to use Mailshake. Um, right now we primarily use Apollo. Um, mm -hmm. but Apollo's reply handling, like for our, for our accounts where the customers are handling their own replies, mail Apollo is great, but mm -hmm. the reply handling inside of Apollo is pretty useless. So you end up just, you know, with a ton of Google browser tabs and whatnot. Um, 
and managing like managing replies from the inbox. Uh, but one that I'm actually really excited to try, and I could mm -hmm. plug it because they also have a really great podcast. Um, you should try and see if you can get them on here. Uh, Jeremy Chatelaine, I believe. Uh, Quick Mail. Um, yeah, we're just testing it right now. It looks good. Quickmail's great. Quickmail's we great. Haven't, I haven't, uh, have you used it yourself? Like, I have. In the, in the past, I have. Yeah, I've, tried, I've kind of tried all of these just because, you know, just, just checking out the, what's out there and trying them all out. So, yeah, I have used Quickmail, and it's really nice, actually. It's, uh, it's What's simple. your other little secret? Mailerize? Man, I, I'm, I am trying to find... Who's no, is it? No, it's, it's uh, you know, I can't remember. It's not, nothing notable, man. It's free, okay. though. It's 100% free. No and I'm... Yeah, and I'm tripping on it right now. Let me... Uh, I, I also may know have some guys who have who've built nice agencies around Lem, like Lemlist. Yeah, Lemlist blows I, my mind. Man, but, I used to like, use Lem. We used to use Lemlist in my agency. Yeah, it's pretty horrific looking. But uh, <laughs> at the at the time, a couple of years ago, I got to say it was definitely best in class, and we were using it as well. I'm I'm actually featured on the Lemlist website if you go search nice. around. Actually, I have seen um, that. I have yeah, seen so, that. <laughs> so we definitely did use Lemlist. It it was great. Uh, you know, I, I can't I can't hate on it at all. All right, last, okay, um, I got one more. I got one more, and you can do, do that it. up. Okay, last one, and then we'll just get the, we'll get the hell out of here, and we'll have to do it again. It's been fun. Absolutely, um, absolutely. I, I would love to do. We could even do one on benchmark stats. If we want to really open the book, like reply yeah. rates, open rates, deliverability, and, and bounce rate, and like we could we could dig in one time and and actually like go 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 into the weeds. But for now, would love to. Um, I heard a really, uh, I, I read something that was interesting, and it said, in a lot of cases, you can get away, you can get around warm up by using extensions that aren't .com, et cetera. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Even, oh, yeah. even .co. Oh, yeah. So what's your, favorite, what's your favorite domain extension if you're buying a domain for cold outreach? <laughs> That's a really intricate question. I would say info.info, .info, uh, man, .biz. Uh, the, you know, we generally go for that low-hanging fruit. That's not, and you're absolutely right. So .com, .com domains are one of the few um t tlds or whatever those are called i can't remember right now but yeah that it, you know the the suffixes um one of the few suffixes that actually carries part of the domain reputation along with it when it is lost and transferred and bought again so um yeah dot coms you never know what you're getting with a dot com you there's there's times when you can like start sending with a dot com and have it just totally get marked as spam and get totally just tarnished the reputation immediately and you go what the hell happened and it's because someone else spammed with that domain before you and you didn't know it um dot info dot biz dot uh dot agency dot uh marketing dot all those i mean i, I don't i don't suggest dot marketing but any of those other tlds basically um, you like them out there they they all work and they don't carry the history with them so if you're buying them you are the first one um that's establishing a reputation with that domain so again so yeah i definitely uh recommend not not screwing with that also one thing i have to mention too is that you know set sending straight from browser extension mail merge directly from gmail with no smtp in the middle um is one also big way to get better deliverability in the in the early time like mail meteor gmas kind of stuff um especially if you're not really doing it with like a team and you're not really doing it at scale with any kind of like big scale um that can be a big hack as well especially early early in the early days just trying to get you know you've kind of done the manual stuff you've gotten some clients already you have some cash flow throw some of that money into gmas and and use something like that or mail meteor they have a lifetime deal right now also so just you know grab something that you can use um like that and then 
you know, graduate to the tool. I, I like to kind of use it like that. Like it's like a ladder. You need to start, in my opinion, you need to establish product market fit um, before you go crazy. Now, there was something that you and me actually talked about before we wrap up that I thought was really interesting that you were mentioning was um, you were you were mentioning an agency that did cold email for market research. Like their whole deal was not the SDR, BDR thing that you and me know so intimately. It was kind of a slightly different model where they send bulk from the get-go um they keep the messages short i'd imagine they do it very like strategically and then they send across several different industries using something like SES from the get-go where they don't have to warm up and they just start to send emails out there and test markets for companies and go hey we're getting a really strong response from this market segment let's double down into it and get more personalized and get more right so these kinds of things and i thought that that was really interesting that you dropped that so it's just i think it's just different for every situation that also can be a good way to start kind of what we were talking about about going broad and then niching down when you kind of find that right fit so you, it, it's really up to you and your situation yeah, it's crazy so love lots it. of ways to do this yeah love it man this has been great um well cool yeah thank you let's get the hell out of here so, so Martin, uh, your your domain, uh, if you guys want to check out the agency, uh, is yeah. leadosaurus.com. Uh, do a quick Google on that if you if you're uh, concerned about the spelling. But leadosaurus.com. Um, your Twitter handle, my friend, if you can drop that, I kind of spaced out on what it was. Yeah, actually, I I'm I'm a bad boy, and I'm 20 what? years late to Twitter, so I'm barely. What using the hell it, but is I, my Twitter handle? I believe I believe it. No, actually, I really I and I just took an audience building course from Sahil Bloom on Billy Twitter audience. It's, it's on the list, I promise. Um, but Twitter's not the best way to get a hold of me, but I would love to get okay. my first 10 followers. So okay. um, I believe, you know what, actually I'm gonna have to send it to you because I turned my phone off so it wouldn't buzz. I'm gonna, good. I will, you could drop it in the show notes, but the best way to, I'll drop to get a hold of me would be uh, martin.80 at leadosaurus.com um, or find me on LinkedIn, just you know, search around, I don't know. Track me down um, and let's do this again. That was fun. Yeah, let's do it again soon, man. Keep keep an eye on uh, on Martin and uh, and what he's doing too, man. Keep checking this. If you want to reach out via email, he had mentioned many offers that he's willing to uh, give you. Uh, Inc. Five thousand, uh, any kind of you know. If you want to get in touch with this man, email this guy immediately. And um, yeah, feel free to CC me as well if you're like you know looking for some some guidance and stuff in, in this particular vertical. It seems like or, or you know this specific uh, ag uh, agency style format, cold outreach, yada yada. And uh, yeah. yeah, man, great meeting with you, man. Really, really interesting to hear all your insights, and uh, let's definitely do it again. So, appreciate thanks, it. man, and and thanks for uh, thanks for all you do for the community. Really, you you've been genuinely, you know, one of the most helpful and generous people that I have met in my year in this industry. So, thanks for doing that. I appreciate all it. All right, thanks for having me out. All right. I really hope you enjoyed that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Always Building. Uh, if you want to learn more about Always Building, our community, our membership group, uh, and uh, exclusive webinars and trainings and discounts on software and all kinds of fun stuff, you know, get help along the journey so you're not all alone. Go ahead and check out alwaysbuilding.io. That's alwaysbuilding.io. And again, thank you so much. Um, Best of luck on your journey. And you just let me know. You can reach out to me uh, on Twitter or via email, alex at alwaysbuilding.io uh, or at always underscore building uh, on Twitter. Okay, thanks again. Have a great one.